the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's only one job left. The Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, and Panthers hired head coaches, and that leaves the Browns with the only opening, and none of those jobs was filled by a black man. And that's a problem for a lot of people, especially, obviously, black coaches. 32 teams, and Mike Tomlin of the Steelers is one of only three black head coaches in the NFL. Is it racism? Who knows? But it's a question that just isn't going to go away. But here's another question, and it has something to do with race. Uh, How is it there is not a white man in North America who's athletic enough to play quarterback in the NFL? That's corner with an N or at the major college level for that matter. It's been 16 years since there's been a white corner in the NFL. Why that's a subject that isn't discussed, we don't know. But we're going to discuss it today with a guy who wrote a book about it 30 years ago. The book is called Taboo, Why Black Athletes Dominate and Why We're Afraid to Talk About It. His name is John Entine, and the book came about as a result of a documentary that Entine did with Tom Brokaw way back in 1988, over 30 years ago. And by the way, it got great reviews. Um, lots and lots of black journalists and scientists, a couple of pages full. I can have it right here. Lots of pages of great reviews from African Americans, uh, sociologists, athletes. Uh, and and some of these journalists said it was about time, all of them said it basically in one way or another, that it's about time somebody had the guts to talk about it. Here's what Earl Smith, an American, an African-American, and the chairman of the Department of Sociology and Ethnic Studies at Wake Forest said about it. Here's a quote. You will be accused, accused of spouting old-fashioned racism for even raising the issue of American, uh, African-American superiority in athletics. All this beating around the bush has to stop. This is a good book. I am quite excited with the arguments that are raised. Entine is a senior research fellow at the University of California. He founded the Genetic Literary Project. He may not be able to explain why there aren't more black head coaches in the NFL. There may not be any science involved there, but he will have a scientific explanation for why black athletes dominate in football, basketball, and track, among others. Taboo or not, we're going to talk to him when we come back. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Sagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Shopping online this holiday season? Finding the perfect gift from your computer, tablet, or smartphone is a breeze. Just a few taps, and you're done. But all that online shopping? It could expose your personal information and leave you potentially vulnerable to identity theft. And you may miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. Like someone selling your info on the dark web, or taking an online payday loan in your name. Good thing there's LifeLock. They monitor your personal information and... If you have a problem with identity theft, they work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock offers something that's perfect for the holidays and beyond. 
not having to worry if identity theft happens to you. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com and use promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART at LifeLock.com to save 25% off. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. I'm Andy Solomon. T-Mobile has launched the country's first and only nationwide 5G network covering more than 5,000 cities and towns all across the country. Here's Senior Vice President of Network Engineering and Development, Mark McDermott. This launch immediately catapults T-Mobile into position as the country's biggest 5G network, covering more than 1 million square miles beyond the big cities to the small towns, and that's just the start. And now available are two new 5G superphones that can access nationwide 5G, the exclusive OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren and the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. And we'll be able to supercharge the 5G network with more speed and capacity if the pending merger with Sprint closes. This holiday season, get a great deal on a 5G phone at T-Mobile. For more information, visit T-Mobile.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. years ago, Jimmy the Greek, who was a huge personality at CBS Sports, if you're old enough to remember that, and a fixture on their NFL uh, pre- and post-game shows, got fired for saying, among other things, this. The slave owner would, 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 would read his big black to his big woman so that he could have a, a, big, a, big, a big black kid. The black is a better athlete to begin with because he's been bred to be that way because of his high thighs and big thighs that goes up into his back. Yep, that was considered racist. Of course, it may have been. I mean, Jimmy was a gambler. He wasn't a scientist, and he had no credibility on the subject. John Entine is a senior fellow in research at the University of California. He's the founder of the the Genetics Literacy Project and the author of a book uh, written in 2000 called Taboo, why black athletes dominate sports and why we're afraid to talk about it. John, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's thrilled to be on the show. So I want to make sure I have your name pronounced right. Just as I said it, I wondered if I might have gotten it wrong. Is it Entine? Yeah, that's correct. And I was afraid it might have been Dentine instead of Entine. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, that's my, that's, that's my uh, elementary school nickname. Well, we, we won't go there. I know. So was Jimmy the Greek on to something there, even though he may have been, done it out of ignorance? You know something? He, he he is actually wrong. This is interesting. He's wrong, but he's right. He's wrong. Well, no, I'll say flip it around. He's right in that he perceived that there are body type differences between people of different populations, and this isn't just a black-white phenomenon. You think a Kenyan, and you look at their body type, and there's a reason why Kenyans and East Africans win all the long-distance races, dominate marathoning, and they're terrible at the sprints. Um, but he, what, what he saw was that the American, African American body type, and blacks are descended from West Africans because of the slave trade, have a different body type. It wasn't because of slavery, uh, and that's what he got wrong. It wasn't because of, you know, um, so called forced breeding during the slave era, but he did perceive that there are differences in body types based on evolution, and that goes a long way to explaining which people from different backgrounds tend to do better in certain sports. But but uh, obviously there are different backgrounds, uh, different body types among people from different backgrounds. I mean, all all white 
people's bodies don't look the same any more than all black people's bodies look the same. But is it just a, that it's um, there are more you are more and because the, uh, the other thing is that um, and I think someone um, I saw disputed what you had uh, claimed um, because there are there has been uh, the blacks black the, the black uh, race has been inbred here for a long time so it's you're you're not it, it's not a pure not a pure situation it's not I'm, t- I'm trying to say this without getting in trouble you know what i mean okay well these are all explosive words even the concept of race is yeah. is very controversial in fact um when you really look at what to do is about it's really about the history of the race concept a lot of the concepts about race the way we talk about it have historically been very racist and wrong and used as a way to create a hierarchy with, uh, with whites or Asians at the top and blacks at the bottom. So a lot of the book is spelling racist ideas. But what you have to understand when you're looking at um, body type and physiological differences, of course, there's huge variation. Um, you know, you, if you um, uh, get a list of a thousand names of a you know, sorority group, let's say, of women, um, you don't know who's tall and who's short. Um, and in fact, you can put your, your, your finger on a woman's name and she could be six foot four for all you know. But what we do know is that women are shorter than men. So we're really talking about what's called a bell curve distribution. We know that, um, people of different ancestries because of the evolutionary pressures in that part of the world. In other words, in Kenya, for instance, um, many of the people grew up in the Nandi Hills in the mountains, six, 7,000 uh, feet up, and they evolved over thousands of years, that affects the body type. There's a distribution, there's fat people, short people, tall people, and so forth. But overall, you're going to find that it sorts out into various groups. And over the course of um, time, that matters when you apply it to various um, sports like sprinting or long-distance running or weightlifting, which is dominated by, by Eurasian whites, um, interestingly enough. Yeah, and um, in your book, uh, you're quoted, I saw this in a Sports Illustrated story from a few years ago, uh, you asked, what are we to make of the fact that an athlete of African ancestry holds every major running record from the 100 meters to the marathon? And you've kind of just described what we are to make of it, but what I've always wondered about is, is uh, you know, you have people, sports journalists, who have seen this, um, trend and and it's obvious to everybody. You watch a sprint, and all the runners are black. And but nobody has everybody just been afraid to ask why that's the case, or has everybody just said they they thought in their own mind that they've come up with the answer, and it has it's a sociological answer rather than a physiological or a scientific. Sure. Well, you know, look, these are hot potato issues. Believe it or not, when I when, when I. This is, my book is based on a documentary that Tom Brokaw and I did back in the late 1980s when I was at NBC News. Um, and it created a huge controversy at the time. When my book came out in 2000, huge controversy. Um, you know, 2020 did a story on it, the New York Times did two reviews and stories on it. There are probably 400 articles on it. But interestingly enough, no one disputes the central scientific notion of it. And let me give you a startling statistic that brings it home. You can look at the top 2,500 100-meter times, 100-meter times. Every single one is held by a person of West African ancestry. All 2,500, not an Asian and not even an East African. No one's from Kenya or Tanzania. So this is not a black-white issue. This is not an issue of race. It's an issue of evolution and body type from different parts of the world. When you frame it in that way, it loses its racist connotations. But I have to say, we, as controversial as my documentary was and my book was 20 years ago, talking about racial differences is even more of a hot potato today. It's a no-win situation. Yeah, and, and is, is that good? I don't see how that's good. I mean, uh... No, it's not good. And it, you know why it's not good? As the, the people say, why would you write a book about this? One, I'm, I'm a sports fan. I mean, I was a lousy college football player and did a fan my entire life. So I'm interested from a purely observational point of view. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm almost 70 years old. I remember growing up when basketball in my in Philadelphia, where I grew up, was all white. And frankly, it was dominated by little Jewish guys yeah. uh, because the Jews used to dominate basketball. Um, 
fact, the, the New York Daily News, an editor back in the 40s, said Jews dominate basketball because they're innately tricky and manipulative. That, uh, and no one thought that was uh, anti-Semitic. <laughs> Imagine the times that uh, you can get away saying things like that. Uh, but, you know, the reality of it is, is that we study these things, one, because we see the phenomenon out there. We're interested in sports, and it's fascinating that there are, you know, no... Uh, no African-American long-distance runners because African-Americans, people of West African ancestry, are terrible. They don't have the body type to compete. Um, But the reason we're studying this and looking at it is because it has implications in disease. Differences, we understand that different diseases affect different populations because of inbreeding and historical evolutionary patterns. So one, it's an interesting phenomenon from a sports sociological, anthropological point of view, but frankly, we need to understand human differences if we're going to crack the problem of, of diseases that often afflict one population group over another. And I want to mention here that, you know, I'm bringing this up at a time when uh, one of the big stories in sports today is that there is one job left uh, as a a head coaching job left in the NFL to be filled. And all of none that has uh, been filled has been filled by uh, a black guy. And I don't want I don't want to make sure that I'm not doing this just because I want to say, well, quit talking about. You know, the, the poor black guys who can't get jobs. How about the poor white guys who can't get jobs as a cornerback? This is something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And I, and I've, I've, one of the things that I've always wondered about it is, why has there not been more curiosity about it? And is, is, and Or has it not been that, that it has a lack of curiosity? It's been um, um, an unwillingness to touch it. It's too uh, radioactive. Yeah, I, I think there's obviously a curiosity about it. Everybody talks about it. I have a lot of black friends. We talk about it. In the course of putting together um, the original documentary and then writing the book, uh, there probably wasn't a, um, a, a well-known international sports figure from Arthur Ashe to Carl Lewis to um, um, you know fam- famous uh, football players that I didn't talk to about these issues. And it's the kind of stuff that they talk about all the time in the safety of the locker room. But the reality of it is, is, is people use race as a weapon. Um, and, and a lot of people are racist. There's no question about it. So there's landmines talking about these things. And when you overgeneralize, there's a difference between saying that someone is something because of their, because of their ancestry. There's something else saying that there's certain um, uh, tendencies that we see patterns that exist among groups of population. One thing is an innocent of looking at the world where you can understand things like disease differences and performances in sports, and the other is a way to rank and judge and put down people. And unfortunately, the lines between the two are very blurry, and so when you bring up, people are uh, suspicious, concerned, worried that uh, these, these differences are going to be used to, to put people down and harm people and control people. Hey, um, uh, John, I just want to let you know we're having a little trouble hearing you. That uh, The connection's not really that good. Uh, can we uh, take a break right now? And or No, we can't take a break. Can, we, can, can you hang up and we'll call you and see if we can get a better line? Yeah. Um, is it any better right now? Let me see. Count to ten. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, it seems a little bit better. That's good. I, okay. I, I was afraid you were saying a lot of important stuff, and I want to make sure people can hear it. Uh, I wanted to read this uh, just so people know that you said that your book created a lot of controversy, but you also got a lot of great reviews. Uh, and this is from Gary Sales, who's the uh, Indiana University professor of kinesiology and editor of the Journal of the American of the African American Male. And this is what he says about your book. These are the words I would use to describe the book. Compelling, bold, comprehensive, informative, enlightening, controversial, impressive compilation of information and facts. Your work confirms some of my own beliefs about race science. You have multiple um, multiple reviews here, positive reviews from African American uh, um Scholars, I guess I would call them, and 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 scientists. So, um, why uh, was it was it more controversial than you thought it w- would have uh, should have been? Oh, it was very controversial. The book was dropped uh, by two publishers before it got published um, because they got cold feet and thought that they'd come under criticism. 
uh, despite the fact when the documentary came out that Tom Brokaw and I did, it was the most highly rated documentary of the year and won Best International Sports Film of 1989. So it's one of these issues that, um, uh, you know, you're both walking on eggshells, so to speak, when you're discussing it. But on the other hand, if, if you're candid about it and honest about it and disclosing about it, everybody knows that there are differences and there are patterns. We all want to understand why. And as long as you don't overstate the fact uh, of what it is and you contextualize it, people are appreciative. And in fact, the, the person who wrote the um, introduction to my book was an African-American scholar, head of the, the North American Society of Sports Sociologists, head of the sociology department at Wake Forest, Earl Smith. And um, I think African-Americans actually more than any other subgroup in the United States appreciated this book because it really was honest about human differences and didn't try to um, just be politically correct in, in the society that we have now. Yeah, so to, why would it be considered a bad thing to point this out? What, what, what does that, how does that reflect badly on anybody of any race? To say well, that- I think, it, yeah, I mean, historically, it, it has not always been a good thing, and I discuss this in the book, because saying someone is a great athlete, um, it's almost like a teeter-totter. Um, one side is up, the other side is down. If you're a really good athlete, okay. then you're probably not very smart. Oh, okay. And there was always the sense that there was a uh, dark side to it, that basically when you say someone's a good athlete, you're saying that they're, that, they're a, that they're a dumb jock, that they're good at sports but not good in other things. And that became associated with, um, it used to be associated with whites over the years, uh, uh, that, that white athletes who were, who, were, uh, who, were, who were good at sports, but other, otherwise where they were considered stupid, um, but uh, it ended, it, it, yeah, yeah it, it then became associated with blacks and that, I don't know, there's a famous um, Howard Tosell, a famous sports announcer from the same era of Jimmy the Greek, um, got, almost got fired from ABC News because he had this famous statement. He said, look at that little monkey go when he on an NFL broadcast and he was talking about a, a, a black um, yeah. uh, back. You would never say to a, to a fast, you know, to, to, you know, Edelman from uh, – you know, from, from the New England Patriots, you wouldn't say, look at that little white monkey cow. You just wouldn't say it. And so these things are tied into dark history that we have and, and unfortunately racist prejudices that run through even well-meaning people. So there's all these landmines in talking about it that make this a very delicate subject. Yeah, by the way, I, I remember Howard Cosell trying to explain that by saying he, he, that's what he refers to as little grandkids when they're running around. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, nobody was buying it, but that's what he was trying to. That's what he said. Exactly. I mean, I don't think anyone really thought Howard Cosell, of all people, was racist. Right. Ridiculous. But it, indicates, it indicates our language is is, is very pregnant um, with all kinds of associations. And um, like I said, so, someone criticized my book. It says it's like it's like he was he, his book is like walking on eggshells. Like I was trying not to offend anybody. Yeah. But actually, when I read it over, I think it was kind of bold, especially in its time. Because it says, look, humans are different. We evolve differently. Eskimos are short, and Eskimos aren't. Sh- and, if, and if an entire Eskimo population moved to Miami, Florida, and only inbred among themselves, they wouldn't start getting taller. They're short <laughs> because they evolved in Alaska yeah. and the northern climes to deal with temperatures. So all I'm talking about is that body types evolved in different parts of the world to adapt to their situation, and that has an implication in sports. There's a reason why almost every single weightlifting event and weightlifting uh, and shot put and hammer throw and all these kinds of things related to field events are dominated by people of whites of Eurasian ancestry. It's the way the body is structured. And I discuss these differences. So it's not that blacks dominate sports, despite the way the title goes. It's that different population groups from different parts of the world dominate different sports because the way they evolve, social and cultural factors play a role. I mean, there are fewer blacks in tennis because of opportunities and and in ice hockey because less blacks in northern climes but to some degree especially in sports like running where um opportunity plays the least role in other words you know you don't even need sneakers in some cases hey john i'm up against the hard break you're welcome to stay if you want to uh, for the break would you like to yeah i'd love to if you want to all right we'll be right back stick around okay With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the House will take steps next week to send articles of impeachment to the Senate for President Trump's trial. Pelosi has held on to the articles in a standoff with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. 
House Democrats impeached the president three weeks ago on charges of abuse of obstruction over his actions toward Ukraine. Thousands of people fleeing their homes in helicopters, dropping supplies to towns at risk at nearby wildfires as the hot, windy conditions are threatening already fire-ravaged southeastern Australia. 26 people have died in those wildfires. U.S. employers added 145,000 jobs in December. The unemployment rate held at 3.5% for the second straight month. On Wall Street, stocks finished lower. The Dow fell 133 points. The Nasdaq off 24. The S&P dropped 9. This is SRN News. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. And it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. And over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Hugh Hewitt knows where his vote is going in 2020. There's not going to be an election year recession. Democrats are so sad that people are going to keep their jobs and get wage increases. Because if you vote for a Democrat next year, you're just crazy. You're voting against your economic interest. That's the election in a nutshell. Trump might drive you crazy. You might love him. It doesn't matter. I like this economy. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time, perhaps... Today, go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Picture of the year is 1917. Raves Forbes magazine. We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. It's a soaring tribute to heroism that's both epic and intimate. We need to keep moving! The best war movie since Saving Private Ryan. There is only one way this ends. Lost Man Standing. 1917. Rated R. Under 17, not made without parent. Now playing in theaters everywhere. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Backed up on the Parkway North from Route 19 up to Union Avenue. Outbound 28 jams up. Veterans Bridge to the Highland Park Bridge. Outbound Parkway East all tied up Ford's Avenue approaching the Greenfield Bridge overpass. There's a crash off to the shoulder. Inbound Heavy Edgewood Swissdale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On the outbound Parkway West, that's tied up Banksville Road to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight remaining cloudy and very mild. Areas of fog will develop tonight. We'll have a low of 53. Remaining cloudy for tomorrow. Windy and warm with a stray shower. We'll have a high near the record of 68 set in 1890. 
damp early on Sunday, then cloudy, breezy, and not as warm, high near 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Talking to John Entine. He's a senior fellow in research at the University of California, the founder of the Genetics Literacy Project, and the author of a book written back in 2000 called Taboo, Why Black Athletes Dominate Sports and Why We're Afraid to Talk About It. And the, the book is still in print, by the way, if you want to check it out. And this came to mind to me, for me because of the, uh, it's been on my mind for a long time, but there's been a lot of discussion about black uh, coaches this week not being hired to fill um, the jobs that have opened up in the NFL. And I, I want to make sure I make it clear. I don't think it's, you know, there are a lot of people out there who'll say, oh, yeah, okay, well, they're not hiring black coaches but what about cornerbacks white white uh players are discriminated against to play cornerback and really could say the same thing maybe about running backs and wide receivers in the nfl but uh, it's not that at all I, it's just something that uh I, I the fact that it is a totally different thing is why i want to talk about it you can come up with a lot of reasons why um uh, or at least a lot of uh, theories about why uh, there are not more black head coaches in the NFL right now, and some of it could be related to racism. I don't know, but this I, I'm, I'm talking about science here with a guy who did the research, and that's John Entine. So, uh, John, um, the interest, an interesting quote that I saw from your book also uh, was that uh, this is a quote: "The single biggest factor in succeeding at cornerback—that's corner, not quarter—c o r n e r back is African ancestry." That's just a—that's a bold statement, but you're sticking with it. You're not there. He's gone. No, no, I'm still here. Sorry okay. about that. Did you hear I'm what sorry. I said there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I heard exactly what you said. I just had it on mute because my dog was making a noise here. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, no, I know it's a bold statement, and it's, you know, it's kind of in your face a little bit, but I, I'll be honest with you, no, no scientist would dispute that. The, the, the fact is, is that certain, certain each, um, uh, each in football, each position requires a different set of skills. There's no question about it. What makes a great lineman is not going to make a great cornerback. There's no question. Cornerback is the single part of, 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 of the game that requires the, the single most fastest, fast twitch type body type. No question about it. Singularly, it's almost like equivalent to the 100 meters in terms of what type of body type that it means. You, you know, as I mentioned, the top 2,500 100 meter runners are all of West African ancestry. I would say 99% of, um, of cornerbacks are of West African ancestry as well. In fact, Sports Illustrated did a cover story on the demise of the, um, of the, uh, you know, the white cornerback and built it around my article on, on, on my, it's not my research, by the way. I just collated research that's out there. None uh-huh. of this is primary research on my part. But the reality of it is to succeed at that, at that sport, you need fast twitch abilities. You need really speed more than anything else. And um, you're going to find that disproportionately in the community of people with West African ancestry. Um, but all, we have to be careful. As you pointed out, a lot of bad generalizations have come uh, around these kinds of issues. I, I wrote a cover story for um, uh, uh, GQ um, in 2000 about why there were not more black quarterbacks. And at the time, one of the deep prejudices by a lot of whites was that similar to the coaching thing is that, well, you know, maybe blacks don't have the IQ level to manage a team. And maybe their play, you know, their, their, um, uh, no, they're, they're, f- the players won't, won't respect them as much. My favorite one what? is they can't read defenses. And I, yeah, I believe exactly. me, I, I, I got into a lot of trouble, not trouble, but I took a lot of heat here for defending a, uh, a black quarterback named Cordell Stewart who played here for a few years. Yeah, and, I remember Cordell. Uh, he was trashed you unbelievably here in town by 99% of the media. And I stood up for him and I took a lot of heat from it. And some of the things said to me I, I couldn't repeat. But um, and and it and I still see it that, that you still you'll still see it said about black quarterbacks that they wow. can't read defenses. I mean, it's unbel- I, I, blatantly said that people will say it. It's just unbelievably stupid. It's it is absolutely stupid. And anybody who talks about 
black-white differences and things like reading defenses, all you have to do is say the name Ryan Leaf, one of the biggest right. um, and, and stupidest quarterbacks who happened to be as white as a, as, as a sheet of snow would be, um, to, to, to know that this is not a black-white issue. But if you go to today versus what it was like in 2000, when almost every one of the major stars in, in, in quarterbacking is of African-American ancestry, you know, whether it's Mahomes or Russell Wilson, yeah. um, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, all these guys, not only do they read defenses, they're, they're smart, they're quick, and they command the, um, the respect of their teammates. So we've blown through that myth. We've blown through it on the, on the, on the black coaches myth. But just to say that, that, that some of these things are lies and myths doesn't mean that, that everybody has the same body type. And they are distributed differently among different populations. And all the book says is, hey, this is a fact of evolution. It's not a black-white issue. Let's understand it. And when you understand it, the racist notions, blacks are superior at this, whites are superior at that, goes away. It's more about population, what parts of the world combine with cultural things. There's a, there's a biocultural feedback loop. Biology means a lot. Culture reinforces whether the biological advantages you have pan out and means, uh, are meaningful or not. Now, uh, have white kids who play football and who, who think that they are talented enough to play at a high level, have they stopped trying out for these jobs uh, as cornerbacks? Uh, and uh, has that made it even more likely that uh, that you're not going to see one? So, you know, we haven't seen one since uh, 2003, I think it was, Jason Siegel. Yeah, yeah no, I think that uh, there's, a, there's an element of that that plays in, in the same way that if you were a, a black and interested in being a quarterback in the 1980s, you probably said, you know, something, look at the NFL. I'm not going to get a shot as a black quarterback. Maybe I should, maybe like Doug Williams did. I think he, he played, if I'm not mistaken, as a, um, I'm thinking about as a, as a, as a, as a defensive back or something else for a little while before he said, heck it, I'm going to go back into being a quarterback. And there was a sort of a self selection out process. And I think it happens with whites too. You look around the room, uh, you look around the NFL, and you see that there are no whites in the, in the position that you're starring at. And, and you've got to think that if you're an NFL coach, you're going to be prejudiced, so to speak, yeah. against a white guy who's a cornerback because you just figure there's no one else out there. Maybe it's the one in a million, but I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't keep my job by betting on one in a million long shots. Well, I'll tell I'm going to go for the sure thing. I'll tell you a story of a guy I know who um, got a tryout a workout, not more than a tryout. He got a workout, uh, and he was with the, some NFL scouts, and he went to the place to do the workout, and it was uh, one of the things they had him do was a vertical leap. And there yeah. were three of them there, two black guys and this white guy. And um, the coach, the, the scouts, let the, the two black guys do their vertical leap, and then they said to the white guy, do you want us to lower the, the, you know, the thing that measures your leap? And he said, "No, nah, that's okay." And he outleaped both of them, and so he wow. he left that thinking, "Man, I'm, you know, I, there's some prejudice against me. They they I come in there, they think right away that I I'm not capable of doing certain things." And yeah. he was a tight end, not a cornerback. Yeah, so that uh, means yeah, so it's yeah. out there, you know. And I, I don't <laughs> think it should be. People should be. Why would anybody think that that's racism? It's more observation than it is anything else. Yeah, I'm again, you, you and I both know that once you start making um, judgments uh, and you use race as a signifier that, well, you know, God, if, if, if you're looking at a group of, uh, of football players, you, you're going to just assume that the fastest ones are black. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not always true. And look at the NFL. There's actually been, I think, a resurgence of really talented white wide receivers over the past five or six, eight years. Um, there was a period from, I'd say, 2005 to 2012 or 13, there were almost no notable white wide receivers in the NFL. And now there's quite a few of them. But I think for a period there was this self-selection process going on and prejudices by coaches whose jobs were on the line to deliver that if, you know, you have a choice between a white wide receiver and a black one, you're going to, you're going to, you know, drop the white wide receiver and go with the black one because history suggests that's a better bet. Um, so we got to be careful. These things are all easily, all this information can easily be misused to reinforce prejudices if you're not vigilant. And that's what Taboo was about. It was about examining how we've misused the race principle. But just because we've misused it 
doesn't mean we shouldn't be honest about genetic differences that are grounded not in race, but in evolutionary populations. Well, if you're, you, you, you did a documentary with Tom Brokaw back in the late 80s, um, and you say it was very controversial, but also got great ratings. Um, and your book, uh, Taboo, Why Black Athletes Dominate Sports and Why We're Afraid to Talk About It, is still in print, as you said. But um, if your book came out today, how do you think it would be received? Well, as I, as I think I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm not sure it would come out today. Um, I, I, I think it's our, we're in such a polarized society that people will try to use this information, they'll try to weaponize it, and they'll take it out of context. Um, and that's the great fear. And I think when my book first came out, it was very interesting, the, the reactions to it. African-Americans, including African-American scholars and um, scientists, were overwhelmingly supportive. I've got the Washington Post had a black reviewer. Um, Ebony Magazine gave it like a cover treatment. It's got great reviews in lots of places. The people who were most critical were white liberals. And I say that as someone who's fairly moderate in my, in my viewpoint, because they kept saying, you know, you're going to feed in the white racism. You're going to basically you're opening up a Pandora's box. And I'm saying, no, this actually closes the Pandora's box, because what it does is smokes out the people who are going to misuse this stuff and, and says there are science behind human differences. Men and women are not the same. Um, you're not going to find a center who's, who's, who's an intuit, who's an, an Eskimo. They don't have the body types for it, no matter how much you want someone from that community to do it. I mean, some of these things are grounded in biological and genetic realities. The difference is generalizing beyond the facts and making statements that aren't supported by science. But you can't counter that unless you be honest, unless you're honest about the science. So, yeah, there'd be a lot of pushback. I'm not sure some of this information will be discussed as openly. And there are people who, in their own political interest, even those who are concerned about misusing the race concept, who will criticize anybody for even talking about these issues and saying it just, um, it, you know, basically just stirs the fire. Well, I'm going to finish up here, but there are people out there who will t- are still trying to tell you that um, a tr- having a transgender woman, a, a biological man competing against women the biological man doesn't really have an advantage. We've talked about that a lot here on the show. Only someone who knows nothing about sports would say that. Yep. Yeah, and I actually talk a, bit, a little bit about some of these things, not transgenderism, but they're people who are born with genetic abnormalities that, like a woman who's, who's, um, uh, who, who, who generates a lot more, creates a lot more testosterone, um, that gives her an advantage in certain sports. The reason the East Germans and the Soviets and the Poles and other East, East European countries did so well, far beyond their, the size of their populations in the Olympics from the late 1960s all the way into the 1990s was, not, was because of steroids, which essentially converted women into being act like men in certain ways. They, 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 they had uh, advantages that they wouldn't otherwise have. It's not wrong to talk about these kinds of things. It's wrong to misuse this information for political and ideological reasons. And it's also wrong to not talk about it because that allows mis- misinformation to proliferate. Hey, John, I'm out of time. John Entine, the book is Taboo, Why Black Athletes Dominate Sports, Why We're Afraid to Talk About It. It's still out there. I'm really glad I had you on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been uh, a lot of fun. Feel free to check in. You want to talk about bio- biotechnology and genetics? GMOs in food and why organic agriculture um, is not as sustainable as GMOs, another controversial issue, let me know. That's my area I'm focusing on these days. We'll keep you in mind, John. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. And we'll be right back. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. 
because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door to door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimal neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you're assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Well, I could have cheated this time and picked multiple jerks of the week for this week and just gone with, you know, everybody at MSNBC and CNN for their hysterical response to the killing of Qasem Soleimani. You would have thought that the Iranians had killed a prominent American. They were almost in tears. And they had the U.S. being involved in World War III by the end of the week. But I narrowed it down to Chris Matthews of MSNBC. Thanks to Newsbusters, we have a nice montage of his hysterics. And see if you can guess what his favorite word was. What about the President Trump's ordering of the assassination of that top Iranian general? Assassinated a top general, in fact, one of the most revered figures in the country of Iran. Do you want to give the okay on an assassination? And here we are in the assassination business. They used to hide from assassination, which is an assassination, yeah. assassination or killing of a top general. This looks more like an assassination, assassinating, assassinated. We're going to assassinate oh. somebody. He said no, he man. wouldn't do this. And should the U.S. government be in the assassination business when you shoot a guy you assassinate are we back to that 
to assassination, tit for tat, from assassination of a beloved general, top general, beloved, beloved, their beloved general. Assassinated one of the country's most beloved heroes. I don't think assassins ever look good. Why did they assassinate this general? Nobody should be allowed to assassinate. And know who you're killing, who you're assassinating, that we should not be in the business of assassinating foreign leaders. Is this a march toward war a la John Bolton? In other words, I don't care. We'll assassinate people. Uh, I think it was assassinate was his favorite word there. And, you know, he kept talking about beloved, beloved. And wasn't Hitler kind of beloved by a lot of people back in the, you know, 30s and 40s? And Stalin? I mean, there were a lot of people who hated him. But I, I think you could have see, if you found easily found a lot of nice, big crowds cheering Adolf Hitler and Stalin and maybe even upset when they died. Uh, but we were happy they died, and we should have killed them long before they died. Anyway, Chris Matthews, uh, we're happy to assassinate his character by naming him the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Well, speaking of the uh, the media, um, last night my wife said to me, hey, there's a special on about Jeffrey Epstein tonight. It's on ABC. You want to watch it? I said, nope. Uh, she watched it. But I... I that's an interesting subject to me. And ABC is where Amy Robach worked. And big story a couple months ago where she was caught on video saying that she had everything. She had stories with Virginia Roberts. Uh, she had an interview with her where she talked about everything, including Clinton. And she was really upset that ABC spiked it. And I just had a feeling that if I spent the two hours watching this Jer- uh, Jeffrey Epstein special last night, that I would be annoyed because they would not do a good job with it, and they would they would um, cover up the people they like to cover up for, meaning the Clintons. So I came across a uh, issue, uh, a story today that uh, and I didn't watch the show, thankfully. And guess how much time was spent on Bill Clinton in the two-hour special? Three seconds. That's how much time they spent on Bill Clinton. Glad I didn't watch it. I'm glad you listened this week. Aaron uh, did another nice job. Aaron Byrne producing, and we'll see you on Monday. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.